we interrupt normal programming to create an episode on Brexit. Uh, I was just on what's called WhatsApp with my godmother, who's in Italy, and uh, I said, just tell me something to talk about. You know, just any topic, you know, and she said, Brexit, you know. Um, So, Brexit it is. Now, I'm very well qualified to speak about Brexit because I do not know anything about it. Well, I know something about it. Um, I know Boris Johnson, Bojo, is at the centre of it all at the moment. And and I believe Theresa May uh, just couldn't drive anything through one way or another. As far as I know, I don't know much about Brexit. Look, I know a little bit. And what this episode is going to be is absolute stream of consciousness, ramble about Brexit and um, but if you want something proper about Brexit go and find a podcast on it and get you know get out of here <laughs> all right Brexit now I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to try not to think too much and just speak instead um, I like these podcasts best when I switch the brain off and get the mouth going you know so that's what we're doing now Brexit Brexit now all right what's the first thing that jumps into my head it's catchy it's a catchy sort of word, Brexit, you know, and um, and it's one of those little um, cute words that can catch on, you know. You can imagine France, Frexit, you know, um, Sweden, Swexit, <laughs> um, or maybe Sexit, you know, um, and um, and what would be Australia? Oz exit. See, that doesn't work, you know. But we've got nothing to exit from, really, or maybe the you know, the U.S. alliance. Maybe we could create an alliance with um, with uh, China instead, you know. Now, I'm, look, oh, I forgot to, I almost said it. You know, this is a stream of consciousness, so I'm going to say whatever comes to my mouth, not to my head, whatever comes to my mouth first, I'm going to say. Um, and now, and I'm on a drive from Sorrento to Dramana, so I've got about 20 minutes, so as much as I can cram in there. Now, Brexit, on the face of it, um, you know, uh, as far as I can tell, the EU is a sweetheart deal between all the countries in in the European Union. You know, that's a sweetheart deal. Now, that does that involves us not at all. Maybe you know, the EU. We're not part of the EU. We're from Australia. You know, so on the absolute face of it, um, Brexit might create some opportunities for Australia. You know, that's my first gut feeling. Now. Economics is very complex, and I know that, and it may not be the case, you know. Um, sometimes in economics, economics is a funny beast. Um, it's got a mind of its own, and you don't know where it's going to go, you know. And, and that might be the case with Brexit too, you know. Look, Brexit might happen, and England might find itself on its feet. I have no idea. You know, just, you know, even the world's greatest econ- economists sometimes don't predict something about to happen, you know. You think there's so many factors in economics, and it's got a mind of its own. You know, uh, humans are bystanders watching. Now, you know, we try and tweak it here, tweak it there. Um, you know, for example, if a country um, is um, doing uh, poorly, um, a country might uh, reduce in- interest rates. You know, just to um, give the country, uh, give the place a, a bit of a stimulus. You know. Um, and so economics is a funny thing, you know. Um, and another thing is, you know, you might do tax cuts to make uh, to make the country, you know, the government can um, take in less money 
and the country could be better off. I remember a famous interview. No, it wasn't an interview. Uh, Kerry Packer was put before a Senate inquiry of some sort here in Australia, and they they grilled him. The senators grilled him, you know. And Kerry Packer was the uh, owner of Channel Nine at the time in Australia. You know, he's a you know, multi, he's a billionaire, all that sort of thing, you know. And a very he knew what he was doing. He knew his onions when it came to business. Now. Um, and they grilled him and they said, do you minimise your tax? And he says, of course I do. And then, you know, the senator, you know, they're grilling, they're grilling him. Do you minimise tax? He said, yes, of course I do. And they said, sorry, uh, you admit it? And he said, yes, of course I do. Anyone who doesn't minimise his tax needs his head red. You know? And they said, well, yeah, but what about, you know, your responsibilities to the country? You know, you should give more money to the government if you should, if you can, you know. Where's your sense of responsibility to the government? You know, it's kind of a socialist argument. And he said, why would I give you more money than I have to? I have seen how you spend your money, or the money I give you. I have seen how you spend the money I give you. Why would I give it to you when I know I can spend it better? For the, you know, I can spend it in a more wise way than you can for the betterment of Australia. Not for me, for the betterment of Australia. For example, and this is where it can get, um, this can, it can get, um, 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 uh, counterintuitive is, um, you know, for example, you could tell Kerry Packer, you know, who's dead now, you could tell Kerry Packer, and his son hasn't amounted to much, you know. I mean, we, we feel very sorry for, um, you know, you have, these days are different, you know. Um, he's got um, depression and all that sort of stuff, you know, and um, we're very understanding about that these days. But in the old, in Kerry Packer's day, he would have been just booted out of the company. Now, um, so, uh, and um, so, you know, here's the thing. Economics is a funny beast because you might think, you know, someone like Kerry Packer or Gina Reinhart, who's another one of our, um, our billionaires, you, know, um, you might say, listen, we should double, we should tax them harder so that we've got more money for the country. You know? And um, on the face of it, that sounds like, oh, yeah, we're going to get more taxes in, you know. But then, you know... They might employ less people, and those, and because they're generating um, less wealth, and you know, um, you know, they might cut down their operations a bit if you tax them harder, or they might shift them offshore. But you know, that's another thing. Um, and uh, they might, if you tax, you know, if you tax someone like Kerry Packer or Gina Reinhardt harder, they might employ less people, and your tax revenue might go down. See, it's the opposite. Yeah, because they're employing people and creating more business, and the people they're employing are paying more tax. So, by charging someone rich less tax, you might end up with more tax revenue because they'll employ people. And anyway, you know, even if Gina Reinhardt is, you know, you say, oh, she's worth five billion dollars, and you know, or five trillion dollars, and um, and I'm only worth five dollars, you know. Um, but what you have to do with someone if they're worth five trillion dollars and they die? With six trillion dollars, um, yeah, they're not going to spend five trillion. You're you're only getting the benefit of your five trillion dollars if you spend it. You know, there's a lot of things with economics that's very confusing. Right now, Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. Back to Brexit. That, that all of that was just to sort of try and illustrate how um, counterintuitive. Uh, economics can be and you know something like brexit if they did it it'd be a bit like rolling the dice you know and there's complexities i know about um you know collecting tariffs on the border you know the big issue seems to be uh from afar you know 
Um, and look, I mentioned I'm, I'm not qualified to speak about Brexit. Um, I mean, I am qualified to speak about Brexit because I don't know much about it. Um, and, I, you know, we've, we've, we hear enough from people who know about everything. It's about time we had some people who know nothing about things and get them to talk, you know. That's me. Um, and the other thing about Brexit, you know, besides it being a very catchy title, Brexit is just a, you know, it's, um, if it was a brand name, it would be a good one, you know. The other thing about Brexit is I don't care. And that's important too. There's a lot of people in the world who care. You know, people who are into globalisation, they care. You know, they don't want, they don't want that. They don't want Brexit. You know, people who, you know, dream of, you know, we're still in um, World War Two and the Europeans are coming over. It's like a battle of Britain. You know, Brexit is the new battle of Britain and England will stand alone, you know, and we will prevail, you know, we shall rule, we shall fight on the beaches, you know. That's the Brexit thing. Now, Boris Johnson, I believe that Winston Churchill is his idol. He loves Winston Churchill. He'd love to be the next Winston Churchill, I hear. Um, he's got bad hair, but I think that's his trademark. You know, he's got this shock of blonde hair, um, and I think that's his trademark. Look, he is he descended from royalty or something? Um, I think he is. A lot of people are descended from royalty who, you know, are still making it big. George W. Bush in America, I think he was, um, uh, you know, maybe he was a, what was he, a Hanover or something, you know, or a Tudor, or God knows what he was. But I think the Bushes are descended from royalty. Um, a lot of people who make it good in America, even though they um, shook off the imperialist, you know, <laughs> the Britain, um, the people, a lot of the people who made it big in America, you know, were descended from royalty anyway. Um, but Boris Johnson sees himself as the next Winston Churchill. And Winston Churchill, you know, was very much, you know, there's a lot of pride that comes into play. Um, and I suppose this might be kind of the debate, really. Um, do we, you know, to what extent does being British matter anymore? Or, um, you know, that, that whole cultural side of things, you know, um, can the culture of a place benefit a person? You know, like if you emphasise the culture of a place, um, the uniqueness of a place, you know, this is the anti-globalisation sort of approach, um, where if, you know, you unify a country behind a, uh, its cultural attributes, you know, its Britishness and all that sort of stuff, to what extent does that matter anymore? Now, in World War Two, that mattered, you know, because it was that very sort of, you know, keep calm and, you know, shoot the Bosch, um, keep calm and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, it, it unified the people, it got everyone behind the war effort and all that sort of stuff, because, you know, technically, Germans and English are not that much different, you know. All the Europeans, you know, like England, you know, there's this British sort of feel, no one shall conquer us, you know what I mean? But, um, well, except for the Italians, you know, and the Germans and the Danish and the French, you know, and the Vikings and all this sort of stuff, you know, look, everyone's had a crack, everyone's conquered England, you know. This, uh, you know, like the Romans completely conquered England, um, and um, and then you know, uh, but not Scotland and Ireland uh, because they didn't want them. A lot of places, you know, uh, feel pretty proud that they weren't conquered centuries ago by the Romans, but a lot of that was, you know, because Hadrian didn't want it. You know, there's that sort of thing. You know, so Hadrian, you know, didn't want Scotland, so he just built a wall. You know, and it wasn't even a big wall, you know. He built it low. It wasn't supposed to keep the barbarian Scots out because it was only, a, what is it, waist height, you know, most of the way, is it? It's really just a line that um, Hadrian drew 
in the in the in the dirt. Um, look, it was a bit raised because that would disrupt. Um, it does disrupt any you know marauding Scots coming down. It does slow them up slightly, but it also just demarks. You know, just marks a line saying this is England and that's Scotland. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. Um, but um, yeah, so um, a lot, you know, England takes a lot of pride in not having been conquered. You know, in World War Two, yeah, World War One and World War Two, we weren't conquered. You know, um, but um, uh, the this these people that are proud of not having ever been conquered are the conquerors from another era. You know, so um, you get the Romans conquered England. You know, and um, and that was um, Uncle um, <laughs> the Uncle Emperor um, Claudius. You know. They, they called him uncle, you know, because now they'll get all my Roman emperors around the wrong way. Now, Julius Caesar did get to England, but just have a look. He wanted to conquer the sea, you know. Um, but he, like, he was conquering everything. He was the greatest, you know, since Alexander. Uh, poor Caesar, you know, he got to about 40 and he said, oh, you know, and I think he was really upset because he hadn't gone as far as um, as Alexander had gone by 33, you know, so Alexander was something else. Um, anyway, so Claudius came to um, England, and um, and you know, I Claudius, you know, and he said, uh, "Well, I draw a line here, you know, Hadrian, Hadrian's Wall, um, and we won't go to Cornwall." I think he kept away from Cornwall. Look, um, it wasn't worth it to go into some places. You do the maths, you know, x number of soldiers you'll lose and all that sort of stuff. You know, um, what's the point? You know, and if there's not many resources there that you need, you know, why go to Ireland? and lose a lot of soldiers to um, Irish sort of, you know, beyond the pale Irish sort of ferals. Um, and for what, you know, it's for a bit of crappy land, you know, it's not all that, you know, no, no vast savannas that you can grow wheat on or anything like that. Right, um, so that was the Romans, you know, they, come to, they came to England and um, there was a couple of uh, Roman emperors a long time, you know, towards the end of their, the. Roman time in England um, that pushed, you know, went beyond Hadrian's Wall because they were trying to make a name for themselves, and I forget their names. A Roman emperor and his son, you know, and my cousin Michael um, uh, sends me photos from his travels uh, because he works all around England. <coughs> Excuse me, and um, yeah, <clears throat> and um, sometimes it's beyond Hadrian's Wall, Roman ruins, and all that sort of stuff. So they did push up there, but anyway. Um, so, you know, the Italians conquered England and, and that, that, you know, that, that rolled into British culture and I suppose we should keep that in mind for what England's trying to protect now by Brexiting, you know. Some, there's something Roman about um, England, okay. And then, um, and after that, you know, the Romans left, you know, because Rome was, you know, the Roman Empire was disintegrating, basically. Um, the crisis of the third century, that was, I think that was roughly when it was. And... Um, the Romans pulled out. They just holus bolus pulled out of England. The Roman, you know, um, the Roman armies, you know, um, pulled out of England. And by that time, England had become Romanized. Uh, you know, in their, in their, you know, bath. You know, they were having baths in Bath and all that sort of stuff. And um, they'd softened up. You know, they were no longer, um, they were no longer Boudicca or Boudicca. You know, I don't know how to say her name. And um, neither do you, probably. Oh, who knows? You know, you have to go back and find a linguist from that era to find if it was Boudicca or Boudicca, you know. Uh, a lot of people are pretty sure they know um, how things were pronounced in the old days, but you don't, you know. How was Yahweh? 
um, pronounced, you know, because the only thing we've got is scratchings, you know, writings. Y W H W. Is that right? No way. Y H W H. You know. Now that I think there's records of you know God back in ancient Jewish times, um, you know, being known as Yahweh, you know, because uh, there's there's um, inscriptions Y H W H. You know, but um, vowels. This was in the pre. The era before vowels were given a character, you know. So everyone understood back in those days what the word uh, meant, you know. So if you had something, you know, if, if we would spell it Y-A-H-W-E-H, you know, something like that, or Yahweh, you know, um, they would just go, uh, they hadn't, hadn't occurred to them to put the vowels in, because everyone knew what the vowels sounded like, um, writing was just a guide, you know, so they, Y-H-W-H, you know, and I hope I've got, yeah, and, um, that, that is the inscription, I think, and, um, so, um, and someone famously said once, and I just heard it on the grapevine, that for all we know, uh, God's real name back then could have been Yahoo Wahoo, there's no reason why it should be Yahweh, you know, you can insert any, Yoo-Hoo, Woo-Hoo, you know, why not? That's just as likely as Yahweh. But, you know, we try and make it as um, uh, how we want. Now, all that was a bit of a digression. And, um, and it was about <laughs> just a digression on the name Boudicca, Boudicca. Uh Look, the ancient Celtic ways of England do work their way into British culture. Why am I talking about British culture so much? Look, I'm, I'm sure it sits underneath, a bre- underneath Brexit. You know? And I think the geography of England sits underneath Brexit too. You know, the fact that it's like Japan um, sitting off the edge of a continent, you know. I often feel um, that um, England and Japan are kind of unique in, in a very similar way. They're both a small island shaped roughly the same sitting off a major continent, you know. Um, if, you, if you look at Eurasia, stand back on the moon and just look at Eurasia, you know, Europe and Asia put together, um, England and Japan are ears, off, you know, detached ears sitting off the, the edges of the continents, you know. Um, and this is stream of consciousness, consciousness, so I'm saying whatever I want, you know, I'm sure. Look, this feeds into Brexit too, I'm sure of it, uh, because it's this uniqueness, you know, what makes British people feel that they want to be separate, you know, because even when they were in the EU, uh, they wanted to keep their Britishness. They, they kept the idea of the pound, didn't they? Um, you know, they just, they couldn't come at, uh, was the currency, they wouldn't go come across on the currency, is that right? Um, I don't have much, you know, don't have don't know much about all that, but um, they do, I'm pretty sure they don't use the EU coins, you know. So, what did they? What part of the EU did they? They're in the European Union. See, I promised you I didn't know much, but not the currency. Is that right? Um, and you, so, are they only half in, half out anyway? You would be able to confirm that with me better than I could. Now, I know Greece. You know their their coins. I've seen them. They've actually they're actually euros. You know, you buy something for one euro. Um, but I'm sure the currencies are linked. But I'm not sure. Sorry, I'm not sure. But the point is, one way or another, um, England or Britain, you know, Great Britain, that's Northern Ireland, and that becomes really important, the Northern Ireland side of it. Um, England, what is it, Wales, you know, and Scotland, you know. And, um, geez, you start to think, you know, Sean Connery might get his wish, you know. If, if Brexit could blow up somehow, um, maybe... Um, maybe uh, Scotland could get its independence, you know, because I hear Scotland voted heavily for 
Europe, you know, for staying in. Remaining, it's called, I remember now. It was called remaining, you know. And that's part of the Scottish character or something. Wanted to be, oh, I'd rather be with Europe than you, English, you know. That goes all the way back to Billy Connolly's sort of jokes, you know. Well, all right, you've got two choices, you know. Do you want to be part of England or do you want to be part of um, Europe? And, you know, the Scottish are kind of saying, I think, I'd rather be part of Europe. And the Northern Irish, you know, maybe they're sort of thinking that way too. Look, there's a lot of people in Northern Ireland uh, that are loyalists, you know. And to a certain extent, sometimes I suspect the Queen, you know, or kings in the past might have said, listen, I, we wouldn't mind if um, Ireland, would, Northern Ireland would just rack off and join up with Southern Ireland. They can have their bloody independence and all that sort of stuff. But it's the loyalists in, in Northern Ireland that have stopped them, you know. You know, you can, I can almost imagine, now this is just a joke, you know, but the Queen saying, listen, hey, you know, meeting with all the people, having a secret meeting with everyone in Northern Ireland, who was it? Ian Paisley, you know, Ian, you know, could you, um, do you mind if you just, we don't want you in the uh, Great Britain. And look, there's no way the Queen is saying that, but, you know, I can imagine it wouldn't have been a bad thing for the, I think it'd be worse for the loyalists if Ireland was reunited. And this all becomes important for Brexit too. Um, uh, the, 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 you know, the Loyalists want to stick with Britain more than Britain wants the Northern Ireland to stick with, you know, Britain. Yeah, that sort of thing, you know what I mean? But, you know, this all comes into play. Um, I'm just about arriving in Dramana, so... Um, now, what else goes into the character of the British? Look at their geography. Oh, it's always geography plays a part, you know? And um, I often think of Ethiopia, actually, which has got a unique geography. Ethiopia was the only country, and this is relevant, I think, you know, because Japan had a unique... Japan is an island... Um, uh, England is an island, but um, Ethiopia is kind of landlocked island, you know, because it's got a unique geography that makes it a little bit impregnable in terms of conquering, you know. So even Julius Caesar, you know, didn't quite have what he needed to conquer England um, because there's a you know, bloody English channel in the way, you know, La, La Mancha, yeah. And, um, and so um, Ethiopia was like that, you know. Um, for example, England, there was, a, there was a battle that I studied very strongly, you know, with Tedros, uh, the emperor of Ethiopia in about 1870-something. And, um, and England actually completely obliterated Tedros. Now, Tedros is a great general, just one of the greatest generals in history. We don't know much about him because, you know, we only care about... Um, stuff that comes from Europe and all that sort of stuff, you know, um, but he was a great general, but he got, he got, you know, he came up against Queen Victoria, and Queen Victoria just had a huge advantage in terms of um, supplies, you know, and she, um, and she sent Robert Napier to go and attack uh, Tedros, um, there, there was a di diplomatic disaster between Queen Victoria and Tedros, and um, Napier, um, uh, tracked, you know, uh, went to battle, they even built a railway, for goodness sake, that's how much money Queen Victoria gave him, to attack Tedros, and Tedros uh, just didn't have the man, you know, didn't have the manpower, didn't have the machinery, um, and fought back brilliantly, but ended up last man standing, essentially, and effectively, and, um, and in a very dramatic turn of events, um, pulled out a pistol that Queen Victoria herself had presented to him. Um, you know, culture mattered back then. You know, your identity, I haven't mentioned the word identity. Identity sits behind Brexit too, you know. Um, we'll get to identity. You know, we already spoke about the Roman character in the British um, character and also the ancient Celtic character, you know, which I didn't talk about much, but just assume it's there. There's something about the, that ancient Celtic character that was very separate from the Roman character, you know, that brings a layer 
um, beyond the Romans, you know. So we didn't just go straight to Romans and straight to Christianity. Like, you know, might think, you might think um, Britain, you know, became a Christian nation, you know, with Rome coming and all that sort of stuff, and became Christian, you know, and very devout Christians and all that sort of stuff, you know what I mean? And, you know, Church of England and blah, 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 and Catholics as well, let's have a fight, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, you might think, uh, oh, yeah, you know, England became a, 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 a Christian place, you know, but gee, they never let go, did they, of all those fairies and everything. You don't even notice it. But all that stuff is huge. You know, the goblins and all that sort of stuff. I mean, now, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, there's um, Harry Potter, you know, all that. You know, that's still that ancient Celtic character coming through. I know uh, my kids, uh, there's this show called BFG, The Big Friendly Giant. You know, The Big Friendly Giant is some sort of Irish giant, you know what I mean? And, um... Uh, all mythical, you know. Um, and then you've got Lord of the Ring, uh, not Lord of the Rings, <laughs> no, we've got The Ring, you know, The Ring, um, yeah, you know what I mean, um, um, the movie, you know, uh, The Hobbit and all that sort of stuff, you know, and The Ring, okay, I keep thinking The Ring Cycle, Wagner, but what I mean, Wagner, you know, Wagner, but I say Wagner, um, you say Haydn, I say Hayden, you know, you say Bach, and I say Bach, you know, uh, you can go over the top with accents, you know what I mean? But it doesn't matter as long as you're talking about the guys. Now, um, so, um, ancient Celtic character still comes through. Oh, I was talking about the Ethiopians before. I'll have to get back to them. Oh, yeah, and um, England did um, attack um, and defeated the Ethiopian army. But because Ethiopia is um, has such a, uh, you know, England didn't want to um, own Ethiopia it was more trouble than it was worth. So, after defeating the Ethiopians, he pulled out. You know, now I know a lot of Ethiopians now, and they say we've never been defeated. You know, never been colonised. You know, and we take great pride in that because we have, um, we we are very proud fighters. You know, we are ferocious fighters. Never been colonised. You know, and I thought, oh, yeah, but there was that moment with Tedros when England actually defeated you and pulled out voluntarily. You know that sort of thing, you know, and England's the same, you know, and, and these places are able to develop a character in isolation, you know, because you get a lot of isolation, the Japanese were famously isolationist, ah, isolationist, there's a word that might feed into Brexiteerings, you know, um, what makes a place want to be isolationist and what makes another place, you know, be quite open to trying to get some sort of union going in the EU, you know what I mean? Um, for some people, it's against their character, you know, their national character or their cultural character. Because it's not about nations all the time. The idea of nationalism is, you know, relatively new. Um, so, and, and you've got to sort of put a circle with your highlighter pen around certain places like England, like Japan, like Ethiopia. Famously isolationist. This feeds into why they, you know, it's not an easy thing, you know, uh, for the for to maintain union you know, by something like an artificial EU. You know, I get the feeling the EU was eventually, you know, originally created because, you know, they could see places like Australia, but more importantly, America, where you had a whole lot of states working together in relative harmony um, and it was doing, you know, wonders for the economy of that place in question, you know. Um, like in England, you know, like Greece, you know, recently, you know, Grexit, you know, um, but Greece wanted to stay in the EU, you know, fighting tooth and nail. Now, that's interesting because the Britain, the Britons want to leave the EU. Here you have, this is like someone trying to commit suicide 
And the other person, you know, has got cancer, and I'm talking about um, Greece, you know, economic cancer. So Greece has caught economic cancer, and England is quite fine, thank you very much, quite healthy. And um, some, you know, um, uh, Brexit... Un, uh, remain people, remains, you know, the people who don't want to Brexit, you know, might be saying, here's Greece fighting tooth and nail to stay in the EU when they've got cancer. They're trying to stay alive, stay alive. And um, here's England, um, healthy as can be, and wants to commit suicide. But we get that in real life, don't we? You know, because um, there are people fighting desperately for years, um, you know, uh, tooth and nail, um, absolutely amazing um, battles, you know, with some sort of disease or whatever, and they fight and they fight and they fight, and it's heroic and all that sort of stuff. And then someone completely healthy, nice, you know, nice house, all that sort of stuff, living in a rich country, jumps off a building. And you sort of think, that's odd, you know. That person had all the advantages, and he's not, and he just jumps. And this person, oh, why couldn't we have traded the cancer across to that person, you know what I mean? And that sort of thing. And it's a little bit like Greece and. Um, and um, um, England, you know, um, unless you think that Brexit is not committing suicide, you know, if you're a modern-day Winston Churchill. Now, um, now Greece. Now, there was something interesting about Greece. Varoufakis, you know, got a, a, he came to my attention. He was the Greek finance minister, you know, and um, he's a socialist, and uh, he's very happy to say that, you know. Um, Greece is a funny one, you know, because they borrowed all that money. And, uh, look, you can look at Greece two different ways, you know. It was corrupt, perhaps, the way money was being lent to the Greeks, but then they borrowed it anyway. Um, um, but as soon as... Um, yeah, Look, Greece, now there were the pigs, wasn't there? You know, these are the people who didn't want to exit the EU, you know. Um, the pigs, you know, what was that? Portugal, Ireland, Italy, um, Greece, and Spain, you know. Um, Espanol, you know, you could say piggy. <laughs> um... And um, uh, uh, you know, Ireland and um, take Ireland and Greece for example, uh, their re reactions to the uh, the global financial crunch or whatever it was, you know, the pigs were going bad. You know, they were owed all this money to Germany, which is the powerhouse economy within the EU. You know, and I don't know what's second. I think France and England are second and third or whatever. Um, but Germany is just the you know the powerhouse economy. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Thinks England after the war. We won the war. What's going on, you know? Uh, but anyway, you know, it's because they know how to make cars, you know. They make beautiful cars. You know? and, um, although, um, you know, Korea and Japan, you know, they're making, they're making cars that aren't branded Mercedes or Porsche or whatever, but they're just as good. <laughs> The Asians are very good at that. Don't know why the Africans aren't. I um, mean, I really don't, you know. But that's another episode. And we go, why? Well, how come Asia took off on that front? You know, they took all the technology from Europe and refashioned, you know, quickly worked it all out and um, and sold, you know, and, and then imported all the raw materials into Asia and then turned it all into cars and then outcompeted the Europeans at their own game. You know, that, that's very interesting. Um, China's an island too. Um, China's a bit of an island, you know, because it's surrounded, it's got water on one side, it's got a ring of mountains or desert all around it, um, so it's an island in itself, you know, and it's got a character too, you know. But all the countries in the EU have been waxing and waning, you know. There's places like, um, what is it, Poland that has just disappeared for certain period, you know, for long periods in history and then reappeared, you know, and that sort of thing. Is it Poland? One of them. Um, 
Anyway, but, you know, a bit more open to all that sort of stuff, you know, union, yeah, because uh, they're sharing borders, you know, and England is separate, you know. Um, but Greece, oh yes, I remember when, um, uh, now there was a time when Germany said to all the pigs, that's Portugal, Italy, uh, Greece, uh, um, Spain, and Ireland, um, austerity, 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 you know, austerity. And, um, and, and the Greeks said, no way, you know, and they kicked up a major fuss you know, to Angela Merkel, you know, I don't know why they call her Angela, I say Angela, you know, but Angela Merkel, you know, and said, no, we will not um, have austerity, no, it's all your fault because, you know, you, you, um, you invaded us during World War II and you owe us uh, compensation, you know, um, and, and got all really upset, you know, the Greeks got really upset and, you know, was, well, they, they were right, you know, um, the Germans did do horrible things in Greece, um, Australia, we ended up in Greece a lot because of that whole fracas that they called World War Two. In fact, more Australians got trapped. When the Germans came into um, Greece, um, Australians became trapped there, you know. And more Australians were trapped in Greece during World War Two than in any other theatre of war in history, as far as I know. You know, we had more Australians trapped in Greece than anywhere else. And um, there's a real um, camaraderie between the Greeks and the Australians uh, arising from that because um, we were there, you know, rescuing and helping Greeks. But as it turned out, when the Germans came down um, and um, took over Greece, um, uh, they were looking for Australians and other yeah, allies as well. And uh, the Greeks were harbouring Australians. And there was a real culture, you know, the Greeks were very... Um, very loyal to us as well um, and um, of course the Ottomans were on Germany's side and the Greeks didn't like them anyway uh, but Greece was really very much on the Allied side and they were harbouring and a lot of Greeks got shot you know the Germans would say tell us where the Australians are yeah and I'm sure there were other there were British and all that sort of stuff but you know I'm concentrating on Australia and I told her and the, and the, and the and the villagers wouldn't give up you know where the Australians were they'd be up in caves you know up in the hills you know um, and um, and the Germans would shoot them, you know. But they would get shot, you know. They still wouldn't give away where the Australians are. And we're eternally grateful for that, we Australians, you know. And there's a real camaraderie. And guess what? A lot of Australian boys fell in love with a lot of uh, Greek girls um, in World War Two. all the Australian soldiers over there. And after the war... Um, they wrote, they they brought them, you know, they, they, they brought the Greek girls back to Australia and we've got a huge Greek population. That's not the only reason we've got a huge Greek population in Australia. I think we were the second greatest, uh, the second highest Greek population in Melbourne, here in Melbourne, um, after Los Angeles, you know, and um, of all cities in the world. And I think Athens might have been third, you know. Um, but anyway, the pigs. Now, what was funny about um, Greece is they kicked up a royal fuss, you know, which is pretty strange for a country that doesn't like royalty. Um, but um, Ireland said to Angela Merkel, uh, yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, sure, it took before. Uh, it'll be fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll agree to everything you say. Everything you say, no problem. And uh, all the Germans said, oh, Irish, the Irish, they're so nice. And, you know, we're pretty happy with those guys. And, uh, yeah, we used to eat potatoes. We'll eat potatoes again. You know, we can do that. Um, you know, we've known hard times and we'll know them again. And the Greeks said, no, you get stuffed, you know. Greek pride, you look what you did to us in the war, all that sort of stuff. Made a huge fuss. 
Now, neither the Greeks nor the Irish actually did, as far as I know, what Angela Merkel wanted them to do. But because Greece made such a fuss, you know, and Ireland flew under the radar, um, I think Greece has done a lot of damage to the perception of Greece abroad, you know. Um, and Varoufakis, I just remembered him too. He's writing books about how capitalism is bad, you know. And, you know, a little bit of that is because he was finance manager that oversaw Greece going bad. <laughs> so, yeah, can't blame yourself. You've got to blame the system, don't you, Varoufakis, you know. Uh, but, you know, capitalism is bad. It's the worst uh, system in the world, except for all the other systems, you know, to misquote Churchill. <laughs> all right. Now, um, oh, Churchill, he's be- he sits behind Brexit too. Um, now, um, so yeah, now there, there was a famous hurling match. I think it was hurling, in, or it was a Gaelic football in Ireland. Um, and there was a cheer squad, and um, uh, one end of the ground, and someone held up a banner which said, "Angela Merkel thinks we're working." Yeah, he's at the footy. This guy, I love the Irish. You know, I wish I was Irish. They're funny. And, um, and and that goes to the Irish character a little bit. And they're isolationists too, you know. They, they survived Rome and all that sort of stuff because of the ferocity of their fighters. No, it's because they've got a little bit of... Because they're isolated. Because Romans didn't want them, you know. That sort of thing, you know. They were a bit ferocious. Look, uh, I think um, yeah, English people and, you know, even before them, Romans, who were happy to trade into Dublin, but not much further than Dublin, you know what I mean? Uh, because that was beyond the pale, you know. <laughs> to go beyond Dublin. Um, all right, I'm in Dramana, and I actually spoke too long, uh, but I'll put a pause to it, and I'll put a part two to this. Mm-hmm.